when I walk through one of the people I've known for a while, it's like, oh, is it strange whenever I look at you, I think of coffee? So, you know, I guess, you know, I've been dubbed throughout my friends as the coffee person. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Ruben Marden is the founder and owner of Sample Coffee, a cafe, roastery, retailer and wholesaler in Sydney. Ruben first worked in coffee as a side job, but his interest and engagement grew as the specialty coffee scene burgeoned. The first sample outlet opened in 2011. After a decade in the business, Ruben still finds the industry enriching, especially because it allows him to connect with people at the source of production right through to those who drink it. G'day, my name's Ruben Marden. Um, I run a small coffee roasting business in Sydney and we have uh, three shops, uh, one in Surrey Hills, one in St Peter's and one in Chippendale. My first memories actually was uh, when I was growing up, um, I was in Leichhardt and uh, I had some friends, a family across the road, the O'Shea's, and they were Italian, and uh, on Saturdays they would make little coffees for all the kids. And so that was kind of my first introduction to coffee. Um, so yeah, that's that's going back. And, and then, you know, further on in high school, you know, being social and whatever, we'd go out and have a coffee and, and yeah, continued on from there. I guess coffee was a bit of a, you know, a side job while I was at school and out of school. And I started to study business and, um, I don't know, I, I just wasn't in love with, um, I guess, being, you know, behind a desk and I wanted to be more hands-on and, and coffee was just starting to really, I guess, uh, become exciting, specialty coffee and and I always liked machinery, so I kind of enjoyed working with coffee machines. Um, and I was working at Single Origin uh, Roasters when they just opened, and I decided to sort of go full on in coffee and um, give you know give it all my attention. And so from there, I I worked there for a couple of years, then worked at Mecca Espresso when that was sort of um, really starting to open up and. And then I ended up working for Mecca for about five years, and but always I had the desire to open my own business. So yeah, so 2011, I opened a small espresso bar in Surrey Hills um, called Sample Coffee, and we were using Mecca for our blend, and we we're rotating through different roasters. I think we were kind of the first person to do that in Sydney, hence the name Sample. Food people often have a gateway moment, an experience that turns a job into an everlasting passion. When and where did the angels sing for Reuben Marden? I guess my like first sort of coffee epiphany, um, I was travelling um, and I was in Seattle. Uh, I think this was um, 2003 and I... Um, yeah, so I, I, I did a public cupping um, at a roastery in Seattle called Vitrola and one of the coffees, when I tasted it, tasted like blueberries and it was kind of that sort of um, epiphany of like, oh my God, I can taste different flavours in coffee and, and this was a, a coffee from Ethiopia, a region called Hurrah, which is the north, which is pretty dry and a lot of those coffees 
which we haven't seen for many years, uh, show, you know, those flavors of, of blueberry notes. And it was, yeah, it was a bit of an eye-opener. Well, that's when I came back um, and I worked at Mecca. And um, so Paul, who's the owner of Mecca, we, he, he purchased a roaster and that's when I sort of took over the roasting of that. And I guess we just tried to find coffees that were as interesting as that. Um, you know, and that's always been the mission, I guess, from then to now is just, you know, looking for really interesting coffees to share with the customer. So hopefully someone else can have that experience. Loving coffee is one thing. Working in coffee is another. How did Ruben make the transition from employee to business owner? And what values is Sample founded on? Yeah, so 2011 opened a small 20 square metre espresso bar in Surrey Hills. Um, I guess back then we were, you know, showcasing different roasters. Um, then two years later, you know, I guess I had background from when I was working at Mecca and Single Origin of roasting coffee and I you know, really missed that and wanted to start doing that again. So we bought a, a roaster, um, a refurbished German uh, 1957 Probat roaster. Um, so once that was you know, in the process of being shipped over, I had to find a location for it. Um, and I was hunting around sort of the inner west, uh, Marrickville, um, for a warehouse. And I came across um, this warehouse in St. Peter's um, a place called Precinct 75 on Mary Street and the owner had a, a great vision for the space and, and how we could have a roastery and cafe and so yeah moved in here um, and then just before COVID I opened a shop in Chippendale which is probably the worst timing um, old gold and yeah so that's where we are and we have a, a bunch of great uh, wholesale customers we work with and we sell coffee online. You know, we want to be um, a sustainable business as much as possible. And, you know, that's the, the most important thing is to be paying a fair price for everything that you, um, you use and the staff that you have. And, um, yeah, so that, I guess that's our, you know, main ethos. Uh, so we buy high-quality coffee, everything we purchase is you know um fairly you know paid a fair price um and the same with how our staff are long-standing relationships with producers are a big part of the sample ethos it's about ensuring fairness and increasing quality ongoing reliable income means farmers can invest in improvements with confidence it's a win for them and also for coffee drinkers in faraway Sydney. We, I have travelled to Origin a few times to you know, meet some of the producers we work with. This was before COVID. Um, and you know, we just try and have some long-standing relationships with uh, these producers. So I think there's a couple of producers that we have worked with now for five or six years. Um, we, we tend to purchase all or um, a majority of the coffee that they they farm. So once the coffee is, is milled, then we get a sample and then we pay a price for the quality of the coffee. So it kind of incentivizes them to, you know, to grow higher quality coffee. Um, 
and the more higher quality coffee, the more they get. Um, so it's been really interesting to see how some of these farms have developed, you know, from the um, the greater income they've earned. Um, yeah, and their coffees are, yeah, quite amazing right now. Every farm throughout the world is so different. Um, most of my travel has been in Colombia where they're a very, like, small farmer. They might have, say, two to eight hectares. Um, one farmer that we've been working with for the last five or six years, uh, Marco Fidel Rodriguez, um, he has four hectares. Um, and, you know, like... It, it's like a, a small, you know, house that they have. You know, they don't have a lot of money. But when I was there, must have been five years ago, they would. He was just building a new um, processing mill, um, and then over the last three years, we've just received some of the most highest quality coffee from him. Um, and it was lovely, you know, had lunch with them, which was really nice. And it's just nice to see that, you know, working together, they've been able to progress like, you know, like our business has. Coffee is grown all around the equatorial belt of the world with enormous variations in beans, grade and flavour qualities. Which beans does Sample seek out and what's their approach to roasting and sales? You know, we've always had kind of like a very typical Colombian, a wash katura, uh, which is the varietal, and it's just like it's a very, you know, well structured, nice coffee that's uh, sweet, it's good f- um, fruit flavors. And then about three, three or two and a half years ago, we got a sample of um, what the exporter slash importer Caravella that we work with um, with in Colombia sent a sample of. Uh, an X grade, which is basically a competition grade, or there's some online auctions called Cup of Excellence. So that kind of grade quality, um, and you know, it was the coffee's outstanding. Um, it's like you know, it's like sparkling, so much fruit, and it's really interesting to see that you know he's gone from just producing like a you know a very very nice coffee to these um, you know top tier coffees. Uh, I you know feel lucky feel lucky to be part of, you know, seeing, uh, you know, that progression. Um, yeah, it's really nice. And, you know, there's a lot of factors involved in that, like the uh, the exporter, importer Caravella that we work with that I've sp- spoke to you about, um, they're a B Corp. And, like, their whole um, manifesto is about re-educating and, and they have a lot of training facilities. So, you know, they, they've been a big part of that um, quality yeah, the, the gaining quality. In Australia, we are challenged by how far away we are from, you know, a lot of the producing um, producing countries like Latin America or Africa. So, you know, we have a little bit less of a shelf life of coffee by the time it gets here. Um, so when it gets here, you know, we just, we make sure it's, uh, you know, up to the quality of what the pre-ship sample was and then you know we just roast it and we roast it quite delicately we roast it pretty light compared to a lot of other roasters um and yeah so you know a lot of those coffees they're all designed to be drunk you know either as filter or espresso kind of without milk we have our you know online subscription that you know we have 
um, must be about 300 subscribers and, and they sort of have taken part of this journey over the last, uh, I think it's been now five or six years and, and each coffee we send out, we kind of give them the story of the farmer and, um, you know, like, of course, we're not able to, like, we're a very small company, we're not able to go visit and, and spend time with all the farms that we work with. But, you know, being able to pass on that information and a lot of, uh, you know, our customers have also seen just that journey of, you know, I guess call Marco as an example, but, you know, there's a few other producers that have sort of, you know, continued to grow in quality. Um, so, yeah, you know, just trying to pass on as much information as possible. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it is challenging because they're on the other side of the world, but, you know, we do the best we can. Australia thinks of itself as having a strong coffee culture, but we are far from the source of most beans. What are some of the challenges Reuben faces from day to day and year to year? Coffee can be ruined at any point in the journey. Um, you know, we have had coffee that's been shipped and by the time it's arrived, it's completely ruined and tastes like cardboard. And, and the same can be done with roasting. You can, you know, uh, to explain quickly, um, you know, coffee is roasted in batches from between eight to 16 minutes um, and can finish at a temperature of 195 degrees to 200 and I think 30 after that, you know, you know it's almost going to catch on fire. So you, you can, you create a recipe which is temperature over time um, and in this time that, you know, there's uh, chemical reactions that create flavor and uh, caramelization of sugars and you can go too far and these caramelizations will start to become dark and smoky and and you know there's a lot of coffee out there like that and and by choice as well but we choose to sort of roast it quite delicate just to sort of capture the fruit and give it a tiny little bit of you know caramelized sweetness to it to kind of balance it out so we just have to be extremely precise in our roasting it's, it is fun, but it's annoying if, you know, something goes wrong in that roast and, you know, you've got, you know, sort of 10 kilos of coffee that you can't really account for. So that can be expensive. With coffee a daily requirement for so many Australians, it's easy to take it as a given. What does Ruben see on the horizon for the coffee industry, especially in an environment of uncertainty and rising costs? The coffee is still booming you know i guess with places like china it becoming so popular the, the demand is so high um you know in uh i guess throughout the whole of asia southeast asia it's become such a you know a trend as well so the demand is there um as long as uh you know environmental factors don't get in the way um you know like we've seen this last year um, with Brazil had a massive shortage of coffee due to environment and that's affected the rest of the world's production because all the big roasters have been swarming and, and buying up all the coffee, hence uh, coffee price increases. I guess only in the last sort of, you know, four months that we've really seen those prices start to get passed on to the consumer. Um, 
So I don't know. It's it's such a, a strange time throughout the industry. Um, you know, I guess what, we're in the end of July, beginning of August, and I think there's actually it, – it's just hard to judge now because there's so many other factors that are going on. I think they said that up to 19% of Australians will be traveling overseas over these coming months. So, you know, there's so much volatility in the market already. We know he loves coffee, roasts coffee, sells coffee, lives and breathes coffee. But what does the coffee guy like to drink? You know, waking up, uh, coffee will be the first thing I'll generally do, and that'll be either a, a V60 or an Aeropress. Um, and often, you know, go back to bed and drink a coffee in bed if I can. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess filter is the is the way to go for the first couple of hours and um, and then an espresso or two, and yeah, that's about it. I try not to drink too much coffee in the afternoons. Um, I drink enough in the morning, so it's it's you know that's fine. Um, yeah, and occasionally flat white coffee has become you know has become my life. I uh, uh, it's quite funny. I, I went rock climbing yesterday um, at in Nowra. Um, this some climbing along the uh, river there and and uh, when I walked through one of the people I've known for a while it's like oh, is it strange whenever I look at you I think of coffee I'm like no you're not the only one <laughs> so you know I guess you know I've been dubbed throughout my friends as the coffee person but you know it's nice it's a, it's a nice industry to be in and you know it's it's I don't know it's a, it's a good place to be so I can't complain. Reuben Marden has spent years embedded in the coffee world. Whether it's tinkering with a machine, cupping with his team, travelling to the source, or chatting flavour profiles with loyal customers, he finds it an endlessly interesting world. Being that coffee guy is actually a joy, and there's much pleasure in knowing that sample coffee is a crucial day marker for so many people in Sydney. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.